matter of time. Not a surprise, although the timing's off. I can't recall the last time you make a coach run practice, do his media availability, and then fire him. That seems a, a tad odd to me. Are, are you telling me that they didn't know this first thing in the morning? Right? Like, could they uh, could they not get there uh, in time? I don't know. So, um, you know, it's interesting now that uh, as I when I when I saw that come down, I'm like, okay, Jacques Martin. Like, does this kind of not remind you a little bit of when the orders brought in Ken Hitchcock? Yes. Uh, you know, yes. a little bit. And I'm like, I don't know, may I, you know, now very different coaches, but um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the senators, here they are. They're this if, if you probably had to list most disappointing teams in the NHL this year on realistic expectations, I think they'd be number one on the list. Right? Uh, I don't know, Buffalo would be up there, I think Pittsburgh would be up there for sure. And so, you know, I you know, it's disappointing in Ottawa. I didn't have them as a playoff team out because I didn't think they could play defense. Yeah. And I'm not sure they have enough good players, uh, defensemen anyway, to play defense, but they still should be better. Uh, DJ Smith, they really showed no improvement defensively at all uh, under his tenure. They've got a lot of good players up front, but, uh, you know, this this was a move that I, I think was inevitable. I just, the timing was a little off to me that, you know, why he wasn't uh, relieved of his duties. Like, you, you just wasted another practice, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it, it's, I, I don't know, like, for me, Ottawa's Groundhog Day, where every year people talk about their great forwards, and every year they let in a ton of goals, and the goalie sucks. Like, I I, I don't know if there's a goalie out there that can save them, but it might be an idea to try. Well, but look at Cam Talbot's numbers in L.A. compared to Ottawa, right? I think system means a lot. Like, look at Corpus Allo's numbers in L.A. last year, and now he goes to Ottawa. Is he magically that bad of a goalie, or is he just facing shots that, you're not expecting like, like Vasilevsky can have the night that we saw against Edmonton last Thursday. Mm-hmm. That can happen from elite goalies, but it doesn't happen every night. Right. So um, I, I think it's a combination that I think they've had okay goalies there, but you know what? You, you look at the guys who have left Ottawa and have had success elsewhere. And it's not because of the goalie coach to me, it's all because of the system. You just look at like from one year to the next, nothing changes that much in three months that, Corpusello and Talbot are like two ships passing in the night, and it's like they they had when they high five each other. All of Corpusello's skill went to Talbot. I don't think so. The two weekend games against the Florida teams. Any concern about the Oilers' structure defensively? It seemed to come apart a little bit. Uh, well, the Tampa game. You know what, man, Vasilevsky that stones them in that game. That probably like it should have been a blowout. So I actually liked Edmonton's game for for that. Like maybe a little bit uh florida you know again you look at Bobrovsky's save like that one save off of nugent hopkins early uh he had three really big saves in the third period and that was probably the first game al in 10 games where i think the orders got outplayed and you know so if it's one out of 10 you'll take it now the key is they go into long island the islanders in their last 10 games al it's a shooting gallery for their goaltenders right uh, they're, they're giving up an average of 36 shots per game and uh, they're actually like they're not this defensive juggernaut. Uh, they don't have Ryan Pollock in. Uh, Adam Pellick might play tomorrow. We'll see. But hey, I'm not that concerned yet. It was one game. Like I just didn't think Edmonton is going to dominate every game and be perfectly sound defensively every night. I thought Florida was the first game really in ten where you could say, "Wow, they weren't. They were not the better team on the ice." Yeah, I think that's fair. Any thoughts on the Oilers? You know. The the second line, the, the Leon line, was struggling. Uh, they tweak a little bit and they move Nuge to that line. Uh, breaking up the top trio hurts a little bit, but if you get if you get Drysaddle and Nuge 
scoring outscoring at 50% or more, that's a good thing, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. I think the top line will be fine, Kane, Hyman, and, and uh, McDavid. And then you have uh, – it was Fogel with uh, Nugent. Like, to me, it's like you're moving Brown down. That, that's a win, right? He's like he's doing less than nothing offensively right now. So, um, you know, you play Fogel there, I, I think they'll be fine. Um, you know, I never really worry too much about offense, Al. I think it's more about, you know, what is this team giving up? And uh, if they're not giving up, like, obviously you want your second line to produce more than they have, but you know, it's, and, you know, I never buy sunlight or anything, but Leon in December, Al, outside of one year, there's always been a dip in his play in December. I don't, I don't understand it, but it's now like four years where it's happened. So, um, you know, it's happening again here. So, I guess the good news is, is that uh, you, you're past the halfway point of it, so you're almost out of it. The 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 other thing that, and I'm 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 even hesitant to bring it up because I I I know the quality of lines they're playing against, but Hamblin, Ryan, Gagne, uh, their goals against per sixty at five on five. Hamblin is one six seven one point eight for Ryan Gagne two point two seven. I'm not suggesting in any way they're going to surpass the the third line, but they don't give up a lot. Well, that's what you want. And, and they've scored, right? Like, they, they score a lot. Now, Derek Ryan, um, I'm not sure he'll play tomorrow. He might, uh, you know, he's a little bit banged up, so we'll see on that trip. So you might see Adam Ernie slot in just because Ryan, you saw him last game, he got rocked a few times. So, uh, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll find out tomorrow. But I, I do think he's, he's a game-time decision right now anyway, at least last time I talked to someone. So, you know, we'll see where it's at with him. But, you know, it's been a good line now, no question. But I, you're, you're astute in pointing out quality of competition matters a lot, right? And um, just like it does for defense pairings, if if you're seeing the other team's top guys, geez, look at the guys, this guy's on for more goals against. I'm like, oh, yeah? Because he's seeing, if you're playing Connor McDavid or you're playing James Hamlin, who do you think has a better chance of scoring against you? <laughs> I think we all know the answer. So it's very important, I think, to put that. Like, the line is giving you everything they want. I think it's been great, but... You know, I, I still don't think that that's a line that's going to be together um, after the trade deadline. So, I, I mean, I don't know how to put these in there. The the, the goaltending we've talked about, still a little bit of a, a discussion point about the right defenseman. But is another forward another need that they have? Do they have three needs at the deadline, or is that just a bridge too far to have three things you need to do? No, I, I don't think so. I, like, I, you know, it's hard to do all of them, but... You might have to. I, I think ideally they'd like a right shot fourth line center with some size and experience. I, I think that's what they'd like for sure. Um, and if not, then then Hamlin can play there because he's a smart player and he's actually for a rookie. I was pretty good in faceoffs. He's forty nine percent, right? Which is was quite good for a rookie. Most rookies get their lunch hand uh, stolen from them in the faceoff dot. So he's actually done very well in faceoffs. So I think if you had two bigger wingers with him, then it's not as much of an issue, right? He's competitive. I don't have any. I don't have any qualms about that so yeah i think idea like getting dylan holloway back if he stays healthy will be like adding a forward here right he's been out for quite a while um you know i always said i don't expect him back until uh until january realistically like maybe he gets in you know that anaheim game maybe we'll see but he's got to get some practice time in before with the team um before he's going to play so he's obviously not playing before christmas but you know i, I think he helps they definitely uh could use a, a centerman for sure um you know what? Would you want an upgrade on your first pair right defense? Yes. But, um, you know, that's hard to get, right? Now, Cody Cece has some value. That's that's the one advantage. Like, Cody Cece, just because he's not a top pair defenseman, doesn't mean that he's Swiss cheese. You know what? He could be a second pair D-man and look a, 
probably a lot better than being as a first pair guy because you know you're asking him to to maybe play more than than what he is right i don't, I don't know if, if he's a long-term consistent top pair defender but I, I, I definitely think he's a number four. I don't have any doubt in my mind that he's a solid number four. And, you know, on some teams, Al, like on bottom feeder teams, he's a top pair guy all day long. But, um, you know, where the orders want to go, it's probably you, you'd like an upgrade there. But I looked uh, about, uh, you know, available players. Now, the advantage is at this time last year, no one thought Matias Ekholm would be available, right? Yeah. No one thought that. Yeah. Change. And, and that's why, you know, with the goaltender situation, they, they, I say they got 50 days out. Because they play 17 games in 50 days, which is a very light schedule. Uh, we know that Pickard's going to play uh, one of the games on Thursday, Friday, then another one afterwards. So, you know, he's probably going to end up playing four or five of those games. So you're not, oh, you're not taxing Skinner by any stretch. And I, I crunched the numbers. They're up at uh, my article today at OrdersNation.com about, like, how many games you would need from Skinner after February 1st, right? And, and that, because they have 37 of those games, you know, you probably have Skinner play 21 of them. So you're going to need a goalie that can play 16 games, right? Because they have eight sets of back-to-back from, uh, from February 9th and on. So, you know, you're going to need somebody you rely on. And uh, I, I understand, like, I, I love a good story, Al. But I'm a, I know Calvin Pickard has a good game. It's funny. Calvin Pickard has one good game. Stuart Skinner has one bad game. And everyone's like, play, play him way more. And I'm like, guys, let's look at the bigger picture here. Calvin Pickard has been in the American League basically for seven years. Right. Um, I, there's always outliers. Maybe he'll surprise us, but I'm, I can't hold my breath and say, that's the guy that I'm going to run a tandem with down the stretch. I just can't do it. Just like, like Jack Campbell, that ship has sailed for me. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Jack Campbell's not getting better in the American league. No, Adam, there's, he had three games out of 10, three games out of 10 that he's, that he's been just above 900. The rest he's been below. Like, I'm sorry. Like that, that ship has sailed. Now you want to talk trading him. That's another debacle. Because you're going to have to give up so much, Al, to, to just get a team to take them. So, you know what? That's they, you got to figure out. A, a, and hey, I'm not the GM; it's not my job. Now I look at other options, but I, I don't have the same scouting report on guys as you have pro scouts. That's their job. So get out there and find some other goalie. You're going to have to, and or maybe you know try something different, Al. Like I don't know, maybe play Olivier Rodrigue for ten games yes. out of twelve, and yes. just see. But again. Do, if I'm the GM, do I want to go down the stretch with a rookie and a sophomore goalie? Mm, I'm, I'm just being honest. If I'm in the GM chair, Al, it's a lot. It's a real big ask for me. If I'm the GM to say, hey, I'm going to run in when Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in their prime, I'm going to go into the playoffs with a rookie and a sophomore goalie. I can understand why they wouldn't do it. But I'd still play Olivier Rodrigue more in the minors just because Jack Campbell's never helping my organization. Yeah, and I play Rodrigue in the minors, and if he plays well, give him one or two starts up here. I don't think that's going to be a problem. All right. Uh, wanted to ask you as well because the, the, the NFL, I think the NFL as a group was, I know I was, cheering for the Buffalo Bills against Dallas. I thought they had a hell of a game. But I want to ask you about two things. Number one, the Bills, they still have a lot of work to do, and it would be really disappointing if this team didn't make the playoffs. But the Cowboys, they beat the, the daylights out of the Eagles, and then they are not good. They're not a good road team. How important is it for them to be able to pass the Eagles to finish first in the NFC East to have a chance here to go deep? Well, that, you, you pointed out the very important thing there. And, and not to rain on Buffalo's parade, because I know they're all pumped, 
but the Dallas Cowboys might be the worst road team in the NFL. It is, it is stunning to me how bad they are on the road. Like it's, I know there was rain and everything there, but oh my goodness, they were never really in that game. It's crazy. So, um, you know, I still think now the Bills have a pretty tough skid, right? So that, that doesn't, uh, although, you know, if they're rolling, the, if, if Miami only splits their next two and they have a tough skid as well, then that last game of the year, Buffalo could still finish first in the division because they own the tiebreaker uh, over Miami. So, you know, there's still lots to be played for in the NFL at the top uh, of the standings, which is great. Um, I still think the Bills get in. Like, you saw that stat they had on the broadcast yesterday, Alec. It's 13-2 in December and January. Like, they win games when it matters. So, uh, they, they found their way. They had way too much talent to be a 500 team. Yes. Right? Like, way too much. So, uh, I, I, still, I, I, feel, I still think Dallas is a pretty good team. But, my goodness, for whatever reason, like, I don't know. They got to get a sports psychologist in that team because on the road they are terrible. And you can't. You're not getting anywhere, even in the playoffs, because you're going to have to play the road, road eventually. What's coming up on the show? Well, Al, we're going to talk about stress balls and the need for them in Edmonton, and uh, why they'll be very important. Because otherwise, many of our listeners are going to lose their marbles. So uh, we'll talk about the need for for stress balls. I'll break down why. Uh, also, a big weekend in the NFL. Some some bad news for uh, soccer fans. They thought they were going to get a game in Edmonton, but uh, it's not coming to Edmonton now. We'll, we'll talk about that. And the uh, the NFL and fantasy football out. There's uh, there's lots on the line tonight for uh, some people in their fantasy. So we'll have a little fun with that. Beautiful. 